Welcome to Water and Air, the go-to legal podcast for senior legal professionals looking to take themselves and their teams to the next level by Parul Patel and powered by Fuel and Move. For more information on how Fuel and Move can help set up your legal team for a better version of success, click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to another episode of Water and Air. My name is Parul Patel and I'm the founder of Fuel and Move, and I'm obsessed with helping lawyers set up for a better vision of success. Today, I am delighted to have convinced Katerina Hunter to join us and share some pretty remarkable insights with us on the very foundations that underpin everything we do, and especially if we want to do it well. Katerina is a certified integrative nutrition health coach specializing in chronic stress reduction, recovery from exhaustion, and holistic health regeneration. She's helped dozens of lawyers and other professionals on the brink of professional collapse, reclaim their careers and lifestyles using her three-pillar health regeneration model. Her model epitomizes the reality that ordinary really is the superpower source of extraordinary. And today, Katerina is going to help us unlock some of the not-so-secret ordinaries. Thanks for taking time out of your full schedule to join us, Katerina. I really appreciate it, and I'm super excited for our audience because of what you're about to unpack for us today. Hi, Parol. Thank you so much for this wonderful introduction, and thanks for having me. I'm always very excited to share my insights and uh, knowledge, so thanks very much for having me. Oh, welcome. But um, let's get straight into it. So let's actually, let's start with you. So you previously were in uh, public affairs, a public affairs professional rubbing shoulders with those people who make the really big decisions about us. So like, what made you leave that for integrative health and nutrition? (laughs) That's a really good way of putting it. Well, yes. So my previous professional career was in public affairs and international relations. And it's a fascinating topic and I really enjoyed my, my work. But what I ended up doing was really noticing how much hard time we all had working really hard and trying to push a career forwards, women and men. And what I really found very intriguing was, you know, why are we all so unwell? Why are we all so unhealthy? If, if anyone was happy, healthy, their healthy weight, they, they really stood out as, <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm not sure I could even, you know, remember that, that there were any people as such, because most people were really struggling. And of course, you compensate with drinking too much coffee, you compensate with drinking too much alcohol, and sugar, yeah, exactly, sweets, exactly, sugar, snacks, and uh, so I was really just fascinated by that. And I've always, always always had interest in holistic health. I grew up on my grandparents' farm. They were organic farmers. They had vegetables, animals, and that connection to nature that they had, I think, really rubbed off on me and just it impacted me profoundly. So when the time came for my own midlife transition, I just really wanted to kind of translate this interest and passion into a professional practice to help people overcome some of these issues. So let's talk about these issues. So you know intimately the debilitating impact of exhaustion or what kind of we commonly call burnout. You know, maybe you can just help us describing some early warning symptoms. Yeah, how would we know that we're on that pathway to this kind of exhaustion or burnout? 
Yeah, that's a really great question. And burnout has become a buzzword. Everyone has heard of the word. So it's a word that's used a lot in the professional field to describe someone who reaches a point when they are incapable of dealing with pretty sort of routine or basic tasks, let alone more complex tasks. And they just do not have physical energy to do it. I think what's associated with it is a little bit of depression. You have no sort of joy in, in, in anything that you do and, and everything just seems like a real struggle. Now, the thing about burnout is that it does actually have a sort of physiological explanation as well. So it's not just that kind of the, the mental wall that we come to, that we are unable to concentrate and do the things that, you know, we would normally be able to do. Mm-hmm. And that physiological aspect is that our body can only take a certain amount of stress and pressure. We're human beings, we are natural beings, we're not machines. In our modern way of life, we have totally forgotten that. We've overdone it. What happens in the body then is that a system start to break down. And for a long time, we're running on sort of eating into our vital resources. So we may have signs such as just the usual tiredness initially, sugar cravings, our sleep becomes disrupted. We lose interest in things. It shows up in our relationships. We're more frustrated. We have less patience. But then it sort of leads towards more serious health conditions, such as, well, all chronic conditions, in fact, are rooted in, in chronic stress. I think there's a lot of research done on this now, even though the conventional medicine has to catch up with that. But we do know that, you know, burnout can lead to, to chronic diseases such as type 2 diabetes, even some types of cancers, obesity, or even being heavily overweight, cardiovascular problems, and so on. So, it is pretty pretty severe, and the, like the symptoms that you described there, I think you know a large majority of people would actually recognize it in themselves, and if not if they're not able to recognize it in themselves, they would definitely be able to point to a, a whole host of people around them who are displaying this level of frustration or disinterest or impatience, or whether it's the challenges in relationships or eating habits or mm-hmm. over dependence over reliance on heavily processed or sugared foods and things like this. You know, it's almost like we've become desensitized to it. So yeah, I'm going to be a little bit controversial here, Katerina. You know, if everyone's doing it, everyone's feeling it, is it really that bad? Can we just live with it? And where's you at the point of of no return where you absolutely have to have an intervention? (laughs) Yes, that's a very good thought-provoking question or an idea. Why why does it matter when everyone is uh, functioning in this way? Well, It does matter because we are missing out on life and we are not happy and we are unfulfilled and we reach a certain point in life, I think, when we are older, when if if this continues, it shortens our life. And I think everybody around us is impacted. It it, it really can't go on, even though we've normalized it, we've normalized all these health symptoms that I've described and I think digestive issues is one that I didn't mention, but it's just uh, very, very common. So, so despite the fact that, that we have normalized it, it isn't normal for us to go about our everyday life feeling terrible and so disconnected, essentially so disconnected from ourselves that we don't find purpose or joy or fulfillment in anything. It, it does matter. It makes us less human. And I think if it then impacts the future generations, our children, then it, it's a terrible 
state of the world and affairs really. It really is like a vicious vicious cycle, isn't it? And you work a lot with lawyers and that's the bulk of our audience at the moment. And I, I guess it's like, well, what's the common denominator there? Why do you think so many uh, professionals in the law choose to suffer like this or are suffering like this? So I ended up working or started out working with lawyers really by chance. I always say they found me rather than the other way around. (laughs) And I think there is a reason for that. It is one of those uh, most difficult uh, professions to be in because of the way the system and structure works, the way the organizations work and culturally as well. They are expected to produce billable hours. There is a lot of competition. There is a lot of ways to take everything out of the people who work in the in the sector and I've worked with lawyers who were on the outside really very successful they'd be at the partner level but the price that they paid was with extreme health issues at relatively early age between the age of 40 and 50 one a gentleman stands out who had a cancer diagnosis twice overcame it that's 25 kilos overweight, I think, by that point. And there is a lot to work through when when you get to that point, because you have to unpack not just your behavior, your habits and your lifestyle, but you, you really have to go and dig a little bit deeper to your emotional makeup and kind of go back to how things started. And perhaps p- people who choose the legal sector are feeling that they need to prove something to, to to others. And we're all conditioned by our society. You know, we're all in this together. And that leads to difficulties. And I think the legal profession is just, just, just makes that element in our personality. We are not feeling worthy enough and, and enough as we are. And we have to prove something to others. And we don't, we haven't developed self-compassion because we haven't learned it in our childhood, for instance, and we go into the legal profession, and that becomes uh, yet another way of us hiding and running away from ourselves. And so it becomes a little bit deeper then. It's almost like we become agents for amplifying those internal behaviours. Actually, if we haven't got self-compassion, then how can we have compassion for others? And we know that now as, you know, as, as leaders stepping forward, control is no longer the mechanism to lead. But and compassion is and compassion Mm. isn't a soft thing. I read earlier today about why compassion is better than toughness, but I don't think those two are opposite things. You can be tough and compassionate. Yes, it's well, the compassion is what heals. Compassion is what heals, what will we just need to bring it more into the professional, which is essentially a stage in which lawyers would feel they have to pretend to be someone that they are not. Yeah. And that is extremely damaging to to their health because it's very stressful to have to constantly pretend to be someone that you're not and be detached from your true self. Yeah. So, as you say, it's that disconnection, isn't it? the The irony of it all is that at the core of it, lawyers are looking for that high performance and to do their best, but actually doing it in this way, in this disconnected way is a, a huge vicious cycle that has a Im- negative impact on on the relationships, not just their personal relationships, but also with clients and team members and peers and uh, and the people that they're working with, but most importantly, with themselves. Anyway, I think that's enough doom and gloom, Katerina. <laughs> I know it's real, <laughs> but fortunately, yes. we've got you, Katerina, and you've got some uh, restorative and preventative solutions that you're going to share with us. 
Let's just start with some very simple, ordinary things because, you know, we're water and air. So we'd like to say, let's start with water and air. So show us the way out. Tell us the way out, the way forward, (laughs) because we're all super busy. So you need to keep it simple and actionable. It is the, the small things that we can do, we really underestimate and we think that we require a year off or a lifetime off to be able to, to, to correct certain things. And that's not the case. So water and air, I'm, I'm going to start with air, the, the, your, your second point. And that is uh, the way we can use our breathing or correct our breathing, which is the same. I mean, literally, action. there's nothing more simple than breathing, is there? I mean, we're doing it yeah. all the time, right? So Exactly. That's it. Yep, exactly. And the problem is that we're doing it automatically and we're not paying attention to it. So this is where the, the, the profound wisdom of breathing comes in, because being able to bring our awareness back to the way we are breathing, I'll say a little bit about what that should look like in a second. But when we bring our awareness to our breathing, that breathing is almost like our inner a teacher that is also taking us to ourselves. So, you know, that, that we, we are bridging the disconnection by bringing that awareness to the breathing. But there is a correct way of breathing. A majority of uh, us don't breathe in the correct way. And that leads to this sense of fatigue and just never kind of recovering from our day-to-day life and the stress so the the correct way of breathing is through the nose where our mouth is closed and we uh provided that our sinuses are clear right that we are not our nose isn't blocked through a cold or um you know flu yeah because that could get kind. very snotty <laughs> exactly or, or an allergy but provided our sinuses are clear actually nose breathing also helps the clear sinuses uh, so when you're nose breathing, you also have the, the roof of your tongue is sitting at the roof of your mouth. What happens there is that this stimulates the link with our brain and it also widens our jaw and it actually makes us a smarter, more intelligent uh, human being. So the connection when we have our mouth and our nose in the right way for breathing is just extraordinary, really. So the way we should be breathing is through the nose and also expansion of our diaphragm. So the breaths that we take should be much um, deeper than we tend to do. Often when we work at the computer and lawyers do that a lot and they're working away at at the writing for hours uh, at an end, you will sometimes even hold your breathing Mm. uh, or the breathing becomes very shallow. So, So this is a really great opportunity to do this, to Make sure the mouth is closed. You're breathing in through the through the nose, and you're breathing into uh, all five lobes of your lungs. So I know that we think of lungs as just left side and right side, but actually there are five pockets that comprise uh, our lungs, and the bottom pocket is really important to fill up. That plays a part in uh, stimulating our heart. So it gives a gentle massage to the heart and it also massages the stomach and the upper digestive uh, tract. It also helps to expand the back because if we're breathing in, you know, this three-dimensional way into the sides, the front and the back and the bottom, then really loosens the tension in the um, the, the entire upper um, uh, part of our body. 
it oxidizes our brain, you know, the circulation works better. It's just uh, extraordinary. It is literally remembering, bringing yourself back to your breath and taking a slow, deep breath. It takes a lot of practice. This doesn't happen just overnight. If you can slow down your breathing to, I always say, aim eventually at six cycles of the breath in and out per minute. That is your objective. And if you can do that, then you are calming down your nervous system. You are improving your digestion. You are improving the oxidization in the brain. Therefore, your mental energy is better. You've got more mental clarity. You've got better concentration. You're not craving sugar. And you say it's just it's not something that will change overnight, but you're talking about one minute habits, aren't you? So let's talk about one minute. That's like getting up from your desk to go to the toilet. And in that time, you could be doing this, right? Exactly. Well, you can be doing it sitting down. But what I wanted to point out is if you forget, you can practice this in a really great way by getting out of that. When when you're going out of your house for a, a walk, whether you walk into the shops or you're walking just to have a walk around the block, you are taking steps as part of your walk and you can be counting how much to take a breath. You you breathe in, say, on four steps and then you breathe out on four steps and then you're extending it. You're breathing in, you slow it even more down and you make five, six, seven steps, if this makes sense. So what happens here is, is again, something really uh, fantastic because walking is a cardio exercise. We don't realize it, but it is a cardio exercise. So you are exercising your body but at the same time, which actually is a stressor. At the same time, if you're breathing in this way through the nose and slowing it right down and deepening it, whilst you're walking and speeding up your walk, you are at the same time calming down your nervous system. Previously, it was thought that this is impossible. Yeah. But we now know through the, this breathing technique that it is possible. So you're reducing the impact of stress on your health. Fundamentally, the most important thing for lawyers, I would say. It's true, right, that this uh, technique that you've just described is borrowed from high-performance sport, right? It is part of this knowledge in sport now that rest and repair is the most important element of high performance, wow. <laughs> uh, of high performing athletes. I love the work that you're doing because there is so many lessons from sport and high performing athletes. So the way these athletes would train is the, what I've described is through the nose breathing whilst they're doing their, their cardio exercise. That doesn't make them perform at the highest level when they are nose breathing, but what they do, they go to their competition then and they are breathing through the mouth just to enable the the speed. But because they've trained nose breathing, their performance just is goes beyond expectations. That's the impact on our physiology when we breathe through our nose. The sort of physical performance and mental performance just uh, is is really improved uh, radically. So Katerina, it's all really fascinating what you've just shared with us about a simple thing around breathing and just a, a one minute exercise to correct us and unlock all that power that comes from correct breathing and massaging the organs and opening up the passages. I feel like I should be a little bit cheekier and maybe ask you to share one other little piece of insight, maybe around water. One is, I think, a very common phenomenon that I see with professionals, and this will be relevant to lawyers, absolutely, is 
something called a mild chronic uh, dehydration. What on earth is that? Well, what does it look like? So that's a state of you basically being chronically dehydrated, that you never have enough replenishment of water in your body, which has you know huge Im- implications for the way you feel. You might think you are tired, whereas you're actually dehydrated. <laughs> the, the most common thing to do is to have a coffee to kind of boost that, that energy. But actually what you need is <laughs> just two glasses of water instead to bring that mental sharpness that you want to be able to focus on the task at hand. It, it is as fundamental as breathing to make sure that you do drink enough water, but it does go a little bit further than that and a little bit deeper than that because water in itself isn't the only thing that our body needs for rehydration. We also need two other things. One is proper salt. So we keep talking about reducing salt in our diet because that's not bad. Well, that's the refined and junk food salt. Yes, of course, cut that out. But bringing in a really top quality sea salt or Himalayan salt uh, is a fantastic way to to help the body rehydrate and actually absorb the water that you're consuming. So you can just sprinkle that on top of your food, basically. Don't over-salt. You know, I'm not saying suddenly start eating really salty meals, but... Uh, replace it. Replace uh, the process. Exactly. One. Replace it. And exactly. And a really good quality salt. Uh, it's, it's such a simple thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. You just go and purchase it and make sure that you add it to your to your meals. And the second thing I was going to mention is that our body rehydrates at a totally, entirely different level through eating plant-based foods. So vegetables and salads, anything green, all other colors of vegetables as well, but green in particular is a huge rehydrator for our body and it rehydrates us at the cellular level, which is what a glass of water will not necessarily do. So this is, it's really important to make sure that on a daily basis, your meal comprises of some kind of green vegetables and, and or a salad of green leaves and or supper as well and fruit to, to, to a large extent. But, but actually green vegetables in particular are important to mention when we talk about water and rehydration. You know, so often we know these things, right? We know we should eat more green vegetables or a rainbow of colour of vegetables and drink more water and, and all this, but we simply just don't do it. You know, don't feel like it. You get home, you're tired and you, maybe you just want some beige food. You know, how do we break this cycle? On the one level, we always try to target our behavior, right? Mm -hmm. We try to change the the way we do things. But unless we are really also uh, addressing things that are a little bit more deep-rooted that form our behaviors and that's emotional patterns, our belief systems and our perception of ourselves and the world around us, then it's actually not really not simple to change our behavior Mm -hmm. at just that level because then you're just tackling something quite superficial that just won't last so but saying that what's really important is practice and the small things do make a huge difference if you're doing it and remind yourself to do it on as often as you can remember because we have to start somewhere you're not suddenly one day going to wake up and have an enlightenment of your <laughs> inner being and all your emotional uh, re- re- repression is going to come up. And that just doesn't happen overnight. This is a lifelong exploration and self-inquiry and practice. Mm-hmm. But certain things on the easier level, 
are the habits that we have and th- those small changes that we make really do make a difference to our to our health so i think realizing how important it is is probably the step number one mm. that it does matter that it's important to if you want to have days where you are able to concentrate where you're able to be more efficient where you're being able to more connected to your to your team to your colleagues and just have more patience for yeah. everyone else well, just enjoy um, you know in being able to enjoy your everyday a little bit more. exactly and uh, absolutely then knowing and learning what, what what's important in the first instance fantastic and surrounding yourself with the right people yeah. seeking help going to ask for help I was just going to say that, you know, that you've given us just, you know, we've only scratched the surface, but we've got two very, very powerful tips from you. One on the nose breathing and breathing from the diaphragm. And the other is the different types of hydration that we need, whether that's coming through a couple of glasses of water instead of reaching out for coffee for energy, or whether that's getting more green vegetables in so that we can get cellular hydration. You shared some really powerful insights with us. And I guess the, the takeaways, are, you know, you can do it yourself or if you can't do it yourself, get help. But, you know, I don't want to coin the phrase from Nike, but it is a matter of just do it. You, you just <laughs> need to do this stuff. <laughs> That's very true. I completely agree with you. It almost doesn't matter at which point you start, as long as you start yeah. somewhere. You start with an inquiry, just by finding out about who you could help or where you can begin. Right. So look, we're going to draw uh, to a close because you and I, we could, I mean, there's so much, so much fascinating stuff to dig into on this, but but we'd need to stop somewhere. So just one final thing. If any of our audience recognizes the symptoms that you described or is or is feeling that they're on that pathway and want to get off that pathway, or they're worried about someone else who they recognize to be there, or maybe they just want some more information on preventative care. Do you mind sharing how people can get in contact with you to get more information and support? I am on LinkedIn. That is where I operate and live. (laughs) It's my social media platform for marketing what I do. So Katerina Hunter is uh, my profile name, but you can get in touch with me directly via email, which is katerina at katerinahunter.com. And katerinahunter.com is also my website. So hopefully that's all easy to remember as it's all around my name. Pretty simple and easy. Just in case some people haven't grabbed that, it'll go into the show notes below so they can get access to your uh, contact details there too. Great. Katerina, thank you so much for giving up your time today and sharing your uh, powerful insights with us. I'm hoping that we'll get comments from our listeners to to tell their stories of how breathing has changed their days or drinking water or, or maybe some of the other tips that they're doing to restore and transform their lives. Thanks again, Katerina. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Water and Air community. Make sure you never miss an episode release by subscribing and reviewing the podcast below. Also, leave your questions in the comments box and we'll try to answer them in future episodes. For the latest on performance optimization for lawyers, you can visit fuelandmove.com. We are so looking forward to you joining us next time.